Welcome to Thriving Moms of Autistics podcast, a free resource for moms raising young autistic children. I am your host, Dr. Christina Wilson. I created Thriving Moms of Autistics after years of experience working with families and having my own autistic child. I coach moms of young autistics one-on-one to tap into their strengths, create a supportive community, set firm boundaries, and raise their autistic child with confidence. Subscribe to the podcast and check out the earlier episodes so you don't miss a thing. Now, let's get to it. Hi, moms. I started this podcast because I wanted to develop a resource where moms felt a little less alone on their journey. I've learned that it's just as therapeutic for me. So thank you for joining me. Let's promote self-growth and awareness together. As moms of autistics, it can be a lonely road at times, especially in the beginning when you're trying to assimilate into your new life and find that many people don't understand the changes that you're making. So in episode eight, I introduced the concept of community and I shared my personal story and how my life changed when I developed a supportive community. Episode 10 focused on common barriers to building a community for moms of autistics. And in episode 14, I offered three tools for your mom toolbox to deal with negativity from others. Now in this episode, I dive into what a supportive community looks like. Now this is different for everyone. You must dig deep to identify what you are looking for in terms of support. Find the full transcript for this episode at thrivingmomsofautistics.com slash 19. Please share the podcast with other moms to help them grow their supportive community. So is growing a supportive community impossible for moms of autistics? When you hear me talk about community, you might be thinking, what community? I'm a single mom. I don't have time for friends. My family doesn't get it. My friends have no idea what I go through, although they do try. I completely understand that. Listening to podcasts and reading blogs is a great way to start. Someone lovingly told me, you need more. (sighs) We had just gone through back-to-back health emergencies and they were right, (laughs) we needed more. We thought we were enough and that our only son had enough socialization at school. And I'm a psychologist. I've got this, right? No, (laughs) it it isn't enough. It's not. Um, I'm super independent and self-reliant. You know, society tells us that this is the way. But it is not. We were not intended to go through life like that. The first step is seeking out free resources such as this podcast. I love that you found this podcast. I want you to feel understood. Also, I want you to know 
that you are capable. The things you pull off daily for your child, it's beyond amazing. And you can do just about anything you put your mind to. And I am proud of you. I know you tell yourself at times that you're just not enough, but you are amazing and you deserve to have the support along the way. Having support is not a weakness, like society tells us. It is a strength. It's a great strength. So where do moms start when developing a supportive autism community? Imagine, if you will, what your community might look like. The goal is to find others that get you and support you in your autism journey, right? Community might include other parents, teachers, case managers, therapists, family, friends. So start by looking at your community, your current community, you know, because we all have one already, and it might be pretty minimal, and it might not be. But let's, let's just investigate that and check out these questions. Ask, what is good about my community? What is not working in my community? Hmm, what did you find? Write that down, make lists, make a list of each. What's good about your community and what is not working in your community? Okay, so now that you have an inventory of what your current situation looks like, It is time to determine what you want from your community or in a community. Now, this is the good part. Here are some things to consider when identifying the important aspects of your community and what you might want it to look like. So I have a a few items just to kind of think about that maybe you wouldn't have thought about before. What is important to you? Well, you might not care for the puzzle pieces used to represent autism in some organizations. You might seek others who feel the same way, or you might feel a certain way about it, but don't require that same view from others. The second is, what are your values? So you might prefer certain language in your autism journey. I grew up in a family with a couple of kids, great, amazing kids, and they had special needs. We did not use the term retarded. It was hurtful since it was the 80s, like in the 70s and 80s. So it was really used during that time and still is as derogatory Um, in a derogatory way that um, is different from its intended meeting by the medical um, community. So that's just something that we really didn't like. And that's something I still don't care for. I have been in the field for about 30 years, (laughs) a long time. And I view individuals in a very holistic and humanistic way. And we would historically refer to children as um, Susie with ADHD, 
rather than Susie who is ADHD. Or someone may say, oh, my daughter's ADHD. Um, now, you, it, you see it either way. Um, so you need to ask yourself, what is important to you? What do you value? So when my son was being diagnosed, my dear friend and colleague who is autistic guided me in the process. And she said that the autism community likes to be referred to as autistic. She added that by saying someone has autism, you are inferring that they're broken, needing to be fixed, and can't be cured. She went on to say that autism is a part of who they are, and it's a legitimate neurological condition. So when I started Thriving Moms of Autistics, I did research with moms and groups of autistics to identify their needs and their preferences. And the consensus was that the word autistic was preferred. Now, you might feel completely different. So you might prefer people in your group, you know, use different terms. So figuring out what you value and what is important to you. And lastly, and this is a big one, will you need to shield your child from negativity that could increase their anxiety or behaviors? So the people that are around you that are supposed to be supportive are legitimately supposed to be supportive. Um, so if these are family members, it might be difficult just to cut them off entirely. They might still be around, but you set firm boundaries and mean what you say when they cross the line, because that's what we do for our kids, right? But they are not necessarily in your supportive circle because you never know what you can expect from them, right? Um, so that, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider them as um, my supportive community, basically. Um, you know, those are people that you can rely on them when things get hard. And if somebody is like a bull in a china shop, <laughs> that's not somebody you can rely on when things get tough. Um, so know the differences. So give this some thought over the next week. Do a thorough evaluation of what is important to you and what you are willing to not sacrifice. This is your supportive community. You know what's best for your child. And you deserve this. Thanks for listening to Thriving Moms of Autistics podcast. Be sure to leave a review and tell other moms of autistics about the podcast. Let's support each other. Find the full transcript for this episode at thrivingmomsofautistics.com. And be assured, you are not alone in your journey.